Hey, thanks for listening with Sanctuary. We're excited to grow in the knowledge of Jesus with you. Now let's get into the Word. We're going to talk about giants. For the next few weeks, giants dealing with giants, defeating giants. And this morning, I want to talk to you about not ready for war. Not ready for war. Somebody say, get ready. Get ready. Not ready for war. So Exodus chapter uh, 13, verse 17. But what is something you gave up on because it was too hard? Maybe something that you started one day that you didn't finish, something that, was, uh, that you tried to do something maybe you weren't ready for, or maybe it required more of you than you were ready to give. I can give you an example. When I was nine years old, you know, uh, y'all have met my parents. My dad is a very good musician, guitar player, and drums, and all kinds of stuff, bass guitar. And uh, when I was nine, I had the opportunity, John, to sit under my dad. Uh, but Heath Harris was a little hard-headed at nine years old, and uh, one of my biggest regrets in life is that I did not learn the guitar from my dad because we were too much alike, if you know what I mean. Uh, and I didn't have the patience then, so then later on in my 30s I start learning again. But all that time I missed out on what could have been uh, an opportunity for me, but I gave up because I thought it was too hard in the moment. So, hence, I'm a little harder on my kids to uh, not give up music so early. But what's something you've given up on because maybe the battle was harder than you thought uh, it would be? You know, sometimes we give up on a journey uh, because we don't think we can win. We might not even start something because we think we might not be able to finish it. Or perhaps you gave up the dream on some life goal. Maybe you've tried to quit a bad habit and you've stopped trying because you keep failing. Or maybe there's some difficulty or obstacle in your life that you can't seem to overcome. Some today might even be considering giving up on a marriage, giving up on a family relationship because you've been trying to restore it, but it doesn't seem like you could ever get through. Maybe today there's been a pain or a loss that's been causing you to lose faith in God, and you're not sure if you're going to reach the end. It might even be a good thing. It might even be a good thing like church or ministry causing you to give up. In fact, today, more than ever, there's been pastors after pastors, especially young pastors, quitting ministry by the thousands because it's a difficult thing, fighting battles for other people. You see, we all have some sort of battle. Every person in this room has some sort of battle we're fighting, something we're facing, and something they want you to quit. And if you know what I'm talking about, somebody say amen. Amen. We all have some sort of battles. And Christians, we are saved by faith. Somebody say faith. You're saved by faith, but it's not just being saved by faith. It's learning to live by faith, walk by faith, and fight by faith. It's not just getting saved and then we're done. It's learning along the way how to live by faith. Forgiven, now you stand free in Christ. I'm forgiven, and I'm standing free, but I've got to learn how to walk it out. I've got to learn how to fight it. I've got to learn how to fight for the freedom that Christ has paid the price for me to live in. So how do we do it? Unfortunately, sometimes I've noticed in my life, I will uh, subconsciously, not knowingly, 
feel like I'm doing this Christian life myself. It's sometimes like we're like, hey, God, thanks for saving me. I've got it from here. And we know we're saved by faith, but faith, but we start living the life according by our own thinking, own feeling, own doing, and we forget that that same power of God that saved us is the same power of God it takes to live out this Christian life. Somebody say amen. It takes the same power, the same faith to get saved, to live saved. And sometimes we just get saved, but we don't know how to live saved. We know how to get free initially, but we don't know how to keep living free. We know how to be saved by faith, but we don't know how to walk by faith. You see, it's kind of like that story of the children of Israel and Egypt. They get delivered from sin's captivity, from Egypt's captivity. But guess what? There's a long journey to the promised land. How many know life can be long? Some weeks seem longer, some days seem longer than others. And even though you know you've been set free from captivity, there's a lot of giants in the way till you get to God's promise. How do you do that? And that's what we're going to be looking at over this series, is there are giant obstacles to God's promises which require winning fights of faith. And sometimes, let me be honest, sometimes we look the part, and we've got it all together, and we think we've got it all together. We look the part, but we really don't have the heart to keep going. In fact, so many times I see in, in over these almost 20 years of ministry that we have a lot of self-led Christians, and that self-led Christian is easily the first one to turn back when things get hard because we've got saved, and we think, okay, God's done that, but now I've got it myself. And as soon as that battle comes, we find ourselves leaving the church, leaving faith, leaving God, because we look the part, but we don't have the heart. You see that... Mountain-moving, mighty faith isn't made in a day. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 says, You have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet in a little while, he who is coming will come and not tarry. And now the just shall live by faith. The just shall, you have need of endurance because he's coming, but he may be a little while and you have need of endurance till he comes. And until he comes, the just have to live by faith so that he says this, he says, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Will you trust God for the giants you know about and the giants you don't? Will you trust God for every obstacle yet ahead for you in the Christian life? How do you know you're going to make it and have victory over the giants you haven't seen yet? How do you know that you can cross and fight and win everything that comes your way if you don't have this life-changing, living, walking, breathing faith in a God who not only delivered you from sin, but is going to get you to the promised land? Amen? Look with me in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. What do you need in order to trust God more? We're going to talk about ready for battle, but not for war. So let me set the stage. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. If you're there, somebody say amen. amen. Okay, so <clears throat> there were giants at every season in the Bible. If you go back to Noah's day, there was the giants called the Nephilim. And then you fast forward to uh, Abraham's day. 
and they're called the Rephaim. And then you go into Moses' day, and they're called the Anakim. We're going to look at all this over the next few weeks. But then you get to David, and you've got the Goliath and the giants of Gath. And, and every step of the way, you see giants are in the land. But the first giant we've got to deal with today is back in uh, the Exodus story. And the giant wasn't really a tall guy, but he was big in stature, and his name was Pharaoh. And now we've just seen the ten plagues have just delivered by the mighty hand of God the people of Israel. And now they're walking out of this, this story by faith. They're walking out of Egypt by faith. And they're not yet across the Red Sea. They're not yet in the wilderness. And God says there are, there's three ways to get to Canaan land. There's three ways to get to the land of promise that I gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And one would be really quick and one would be moderately quick. But the Bible says God led them by a different way. So let's look at that. Verse 17, that when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, though that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war. Somebody say war. Oh, that was weak. Somebody say war. Okay. And return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And the new, uh, this is ESV. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Now some of your translations may say marching in array or marching in battle array. And what's happening here? God knew that on these quick routes there was Egyptian uh, battle stations, Egyptian fortresses, and then there was Philistine fortresses. And he said, if I take them by the first way or the second way, they will not be ready. They, they look like they're ready for battle, but they're not ready for war. They were marching. Now these people, they, they had just pitchforks. Man, this is, these are slaves. They don't have iron weapons and chariots. They don't have swords. But they're marching out as if they are victorious because the Bible says they plundered Egypt and people just began to give them all kinds of spoils and gold and all kinds of things just to get out of the country. And the Bible says that they walked out of Egypt as if in marching order. They looked like a troop ready for battle. You see, they, they had the, the visible marching order, but he says they look like they're ready for battle, but I know they're not ready for war. I think about that in the Christian life. God knows there are giant armies ahead. He knows there are giant champions. He knows there's giant kings ahead. And they looked the part, but they didn't have the heart. They looked the part. So God says, I'm going to take them by another way, the way of the wilderness. You ever felt like God uh, puts you on the long way to his promises? You ever felt like, all right, God, uh, why am I on this road? Man, why is victory so, I know I'm saved, but God, where's the victory I thought came with salvation, right? You get saved and you're like, okay, man, I'm going to have, I'm a devil chasing, you know, demon stomping something, you know, I mean, I'm just going to be Holy Ghost filled, man, victory is mine, amen, uh, you know, so we're on the highway to heaven, right? It's going to be great. And then you're like, well, wait a minute, where's that victory? I know I'm saved, but man, where's, where's my joy? Where's my peace? You get down this road, God, where's the deliverance for my family? Where's those prayers that I've been asking uh, you to answer? Where's my family's wholeness? Where's my provision? Where's this power? God, how come I'm on the long way? Well, the first thing God was doing, number one, is he was sparing them from the easy way. God might be sparing you from an easy way. Sometimes God, in His grace, spares us 
from the easy way. See, they were marching without means. Not the means of armor. We know they didn't have that, but it wasn't the means of armor that God noticed they didn't have. It was the means of faith. Sometimes we're not ready for all the battles that are on the way to the promised land. We know we've been delivered from Egypt, but victory was under their feet, but it was far from their hearts. That's good. I'm going to say that again. Victory was under their feet, but it was actually far from their hearts. God says they look like they're ready for battle, but they're actually not ready for war. They, I know that if I took them on this road, head on to the enemy, they'd change their mind and they would stop following me. So I'm going to spare them from the easy way. I'm going to spare them from the easy way. There's giants you've known about, Pharaoh, but there are giants you don't know about. Sometimes in life there are things we know that God has saved us from, but sometimes God is saving you from something you can't even see. How many know that's true? There are sometimes God is saving you from something you're not ready to face. And you're like, God, why am I on this way? Because God is sparing you from the easy way. He's wanting to teach you something in the way of the wilderness. You see, you're saved by God's power, but often we would try to live by our own power and fight that battle on our own. And God says, I know if I let them fight that battle right now, man, they will turn back from me. They'll stop going to church. They'll stop doing this. They'll stop praying. They'll stop reading their Bible. They'll stop trusting me because they begin to lead a self-led Christian life and think, well, okay, we got it now. You see, just because you're saved by faith, you've got to learn to live by faith. Self-led Christians, and I said it before, will eventually change their minds on following God when they see the fight ahead because they look ready for battle, but they're not ready for war. That's why Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Paul says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Whose might? His might. Be strong, not in yourself, not in your own ability, but be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And then you put on what? The full armor of who? Of God. He says, our, why is that? Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. How many know you're in a spiritual fight? So how do you win a spiritual fight? By spiritual means. You can't win in this Christian life if you think that going to church, reading your Bible, and praying is the only physical things you have to do. You are in a fight for your faith. Oh, that was a good amen point. You are in the fight for your faith. You are in something that's not, I didn't save myself, so I can't keep myself safe. Yes, there are things I can do to partner with God on this journey. But ultimately, at the end of all this, I am in a spiritual fight that I've got to fight spiritual ways. Spiritual means. It's something that has to be walked out by faith. God promises you the power to win, but like we read in Hebrews, you have got to have the endurance. What does that mean? He says, you have need of endurance so that you can receive all that He's promised. You, the righteous, the just shall live by faith. You've got to have endurance. That means you have got to learn how to hold on, like we just sang earlier, when they even don't see him working. I don't understand what's going on, but I believe God is good. He is faithful. He's powerful. He's on time. He is with me. He's not left me. The word of God is more true than my feelings. Somebody say amen. It's more true than my feelings. And so sometimes, number one, God is sparing you from the easy way. But number two, he's teaching you to move forward his way moving forward his way you see he delivered them from slavery 
Uh, but that deliverance apparently wasn't enough to create the faith that was required to get to the promise. Can you imagine? Listen, can you imagine? You just saw ten plagues, all kinds of crazy stuff. See, and the, the, the water turns to blood and flies and frogs, and then not to mention the death angel comes by, doesn't touch your house because you applied the blood to your house. And then you just walk out, and all of a sudden people just hand you all kinds of jewelry from grandma's closet and gold and all kinds of stuff. Say, just get out, just get out. I know you're a slave, but just get out. And then Moses says, let's go, people. And you're walking out. And then guess what? This big pillar of cloud and fire comes down and starts leading you out. And they're thinking, all right. I've got this, but that apparently wasn't enough for God to say, yeah, they're ready. They look like they were ready for battle, but God says you're not ready for war. What does that speak to you in the Christian life? God is now leading them to the Red Sea, Exodus chapter 13, and there he's about to test their faith. They're about to see the mighty hand of God, but guess what? Pharaoh changes his mind. He comes out in hot pursuit. Have you ever felt, as a Christian, you've been set free from sin, you got saved, but then all of a sudden that old Pharaoh starts to follow you? That old man starts tagging on? Man, those old problems come back, those old thoughts, those old behaviors, those old things. Every single one of us have Pharaohs that follow us. And they maybe keep following you for a while. What's the Pharaohs that are following you? That negativity, that doubt, that gossip, that when things get tough and things get tight, you want to go back to the old way of thinking, doing, and feeling. When you feel down and out, you turn to things maybe that you know you shouldn't turn to, that you used to turn to. You see, there's things that, as a Christian, you've been set free from sin, but you've been saved by the blood, but that past sometimes keeps running after you. And what's the pharaohs that are following you today? That's when we begin to wonder and say, well, I thought I was going to be free from this. I thought God saved me from this. I thought I got free from Pharaoh. I thought I, I came out of sin. How come I'm still dealing with this stuff years later? How come I'm, I'm, I should be beyond this by now? Why am I still thinking this way and feeling this way? Where did that thought come from? Anybody with me? Yeah, I've been saved by faith, but now God has tested me to learn how to live by faith and walk by faith. And fight by faith. Look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. Just flip over. Here's what it says. If Pharaoh drew near, Pharaoh's drawing near, and the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians, they were marching after them, and they, they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, It's because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness. I mean, come on, people. Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? Now they're just making stuff up. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Man, do you ever felt that way? Like, I'm saved, but man, it was sure easier when I wasn't saved. <laughs> I don't know, I didn't have to fight this fight. I didn't have to go over and say I'm sorry or crucify this flesh and say no to all this stuff. It was just easier when I didn't have to fight these battles. I don't know about you, but I feel that way sometimes. Man, it'd just be easier to stay home on Sundays. It'd just be easier not to care like all these other people, and they're living fine. You ever have those thoughts? Man, I don't know why we're trying so hard. Nobody else tries as hard as we do, and we're still, trying to, we're still barely making it, right? And you think all these thoughts, and here's what Moses says to the people. Do not fear. Stand. Somebody say stand. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he'll accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you shut up. 
<laughs> while you keep silent. He's saying, man, the God who delivered you will keep on delivering you. If you trust him to deliver you the first time, how come you don't trust him to deliver you again? Stand fast and watch what God alone can do. And he says, verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Well, what's forward? The Red Sea. How in the world, God, are we supposed to go forward? There's an, Israel, there's an army of chariots. 600 chariots is now falling behind us. Why are we here? It would have been easier not even to try this whole salvation thing if we could just go back to how it was because this battle, this, I, I'm not ready for this. I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't know what this life was supposed to be. I didn't know how hard it was going to be to be a Christian. I didn't know how difficult it was to fight the devil every day when I get up. Man, what is the point of all this? God, I thought I was supposed to be saved. And Moses says, Stand. Stand, 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 stand. How are you standing? What are you standing on? Are you standing on your own abilities to keep yourself saved? Are you standing on your own fears, your own emotions? Are you standing by your own power? Was it you that brought your own self out of sin's captivity? Are you standing there now in your own power? How are you standing? See, the problem was they were looking at Pharaoh's army and not at God. They were looking backwards instead of looking forwards. And God says, stop looking backwards, stand fast, and watch what I'm about to do, and then see what's about to happen. And here's what happened. What, is, what has God done for you? Moses says, stand fast. And as Moses says, stand fast, this pillar of fire and cloud, this tornado, moves from before them to behind them and blocks the way of the enemy all night long, by the way. And at that very moment, Moses raises his staff, and a strong east wind comes in and parts this deep red sea and makes a way all night long on dry ground so that these millions of people can walk all night long through this impassable place into a, a, a road that wasn't even there and then now you know the rest of the story what happens Israel Pharaoh begins to chase them and God kills them by taking off the wind and man and they all drown but think about this how do you move forward with the wind of the Holy Spirit he says stand fast and move forward and well, what well, God which one is it stand fast or move forward how do you do this Stand fast, move forward. I, I can't do both at the same time. Stand fast. Well, what does he mean by stand fast? He's not literally saying stand still. He's saying hold your ground. Take courage. Don't you know the God who fights for you? This is the God who has spoke the world into existence, who sent the Lamb to die for you, who's delivered you without any weapon or sword, who is, not, uh, who is able to shake heaven and earth and send fire down and hailstones. This God, and He becomes not just before you, but He goes behind you. And then that very moment, man, the Spirit of God moves, the angel of God moves that pillar from behind them. And He's saying, as soon as you see and hear the wind, move forward. You know, sometimes uh, in the Christian life this way, you're going to have to learn not only how to stand fast in the freedom God has provided for you, but how to move forward when you see the Holy Spirit moving in your life. For standing, it may not be the way you used to stand. In the Christian life, you've got to learn how to stand in a way that might require a different kind of patience. 
a different kind of resolve, a different kind of endurance. You see, God has seasons of waiting for all of us. And in that moment, He is testing your faith. It's, God, had, God didn't need this to happen, but He orchestrated this whole thing to happen. Why? So that they could see the mighty hand of God and trust Him all the more. You see, God has got this beautiful plan for you to make it to heaven. And along the way, He allows things to happen so that you will have to keep trusting Him. Because He knows if you stop trusting Him, you'll start walking by your own power and ability, and you're surely to fall and turn back. But if He can continue to put you against giants, He knows that He will always win against. And He'll look at you and say, hey, how are you standing? Did you give up? Did you turn back? Because that was showing me you weren't standing on me. Man, I, I failed again, God. Okay, well, how are you standing? Were you trusting in me to overcome that and walk you through that? Or were you really doing it? He said, well, I guess I failed, so it probably wasn't God. I probably wasn't standing on your word. I probably didn't have, wasn't thinking your thoughts. See, in that season of waiting, God is calling you to stand and to say, I believe I am saved. Listen, I don't always feel saved, but I have to stand on the Word of God that I am saved. I don't know about you, but every Monday it's a start over. It's like, here we go, okay. Man, I believe God has called me. I believe I am saved. I believe your Word says, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ has risen and He's Lord, that I am saved. Devil, you're a liar. Man, all my feelings can lie. All those emotions can cloud my judgment. But I can say, this is what the Word of God says. I am a child of God. He has saved me. I believe the report of the, word of the Lord more than I believe the report of doctors, more than I believe the report of what other people on Facebook say or what situations come my way. I'm going to stand in this testing of faith. And then the second thing he says now, move. You see, the way you move forward may not be the way you used to move forward. You used to have to see things work out first. You used to have to see a clear road, highway paved with signs that said this way. And this way, God says, I didn't even move the waters yet. Start walking. All you've heard is just a little blow, a little wind moving. He says, start walking. Remember we did this to Joshua uh, on, the Red, on the Jordan River? The priests had to dip their feet in the water that time for it to move. Sometimes God is calling you to move when you sense the Holy Spirit moving, and you don't understand why or how or where He's going. And you say, God, this is what I feel. It's not the way I used to move forward in life. I might have to leave those hurts behind. I might have to move forward by getting over those pains and giving over those regrets. It might not be the suffering that I'm accustomed to. Or, or I may have to say, God, I'm going to start walking in your word before I see a way. But let me tell you something. something I've learned in my short years on this earth. Every single Christian has to keep moving forward. If you stop moving forward, you're certain to fall back. Every single Christian has got to say, Holy Spirit, where are we going this week? How can I move forward by you? Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What are you saying? Where do I see you blowing? And God, I want to walk. That's what Paul says. If you want to uh, not uh, follow the desires of the flesh, he says, I call you to live by the Spirit and walk by the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the desires of those things. Where is the Holy Spirit taking you recently? What, what footsteps have you been following in? He says, stand and move. So what Paul would say in chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 13, take up the full armor of God so you'll be able to resist in the evil day, having done everything to stand. 
stand therefore. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. 1 Corinthians 16. 2 Corinthians 5. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Maybe today you are paralyzed by a fear of a Pharaoh who's been chasing after you. Maybe today you are tired of losing old battles. Maybe today you've yet to move forward spiritually in this season and you're debating about giving up and going back to Egypt. Maybe you've been living in Egypt and you've changed your P.O. box there for a while and you're like, I've got to get out of here again. I need to move forward. You see, number three is there was a learning on the long way. There was a learning on the long way. Number one is there was spared from the easy way. Number two was they had to learn how to move forward his way. But number three was there was a learning to be done on the long way. Now Israel, here gets follow the story. Israel is baptized now into the sea, 1 Corinthians says. And on the other side, baptized in the cloud. They go on this wilderness journey into the wilderness of sin. Uh, I wonder if that's a... a a reason that it's called that. But into the wilderness of sin, they begin to follow God by faith, and He begins to provide manna and quail. And the Bible says a rock follows them and gives them living, moving water. And they, He says, let's reinstitute something I did with Adam and Eve. It's called the Sabbath day, where you take one day off a week and you learn to rest in my work, that I'm sufficient for that week. And so God institutes uh, bread from heaven and living water in a Sabbath day. He takes them to Sinai. He gives them the Ten Commandments. He gives him his word. He calls them forward and he speaks to Moses face to face. You see, knowing his word, they would begin to know their worth. There was a learning to be done in the long way. Because when they would get to know him, they would really get to know who they were. Getting to know his word, they would get to know their worth. And look a couple chapters in Exodus 19 verse 4. I'm, I'm coming to the end here. There was something he wanted them to learn. How come we didn't go the quick way? How come we didn't fight those battles? God, why didn't you just do it easier in my life? How come I've had to struggle and fight, and it's not like it's always working out for me? He says, because I'm trying to teach you something on the long way. I've taken you the way of the wilderness so that you would know your worth in my word. Exodus 19, verse 4. You yourselves have seen what I did. Somebody say, I did. He says, you have seen what I I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and I brought you to myself. Who's the action verb there? It's him. And he says, now then, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be. You shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. You see, God didn't want to build a mighty kingdom of chariots and armors, mighty warriors, mighty men of valor in that sense of the natural. God was bringing them out of this place to a wilderness so they could be a holy people, a humble people, a people of priests who minister to God. You see, there was a purpose in God's 
process. And the same is true for you today. Whatever journey you find yourself on with God, no doubt because He's sovereign and He's good and He's faithful, there is a purpose God is trying to teach you in this process. That He has not called you to be like the world and to fight your battles like the world, but in this process He's saying, I want you to know your worth is in my word. is because I'm the one that saves you. I'm the one that keeps you saved. I'm the one that delivers you. I'm the one that keeps you delivered. He says, I have brought you to my not for your own purpose, but for my purpose. And what you need to know is who I am and who you are. You're not to be mighty by weapons and warriors. You're to be a kingdom of priests. You're to be a kingdom of ministers, people set apart for the purpose of God. You see, God knows sometimes we look the part of Christianity, but we don't actually have the true heart of Christianity, because what does Christianity mean? It means Christ follower. He knows that we look the part of a Christ follower, but we may not actually have the full heart of a Christ follower. And he takes us on the way of the wilderness, and he has a purpose in this process, that you will find out who he is and who you are, because until you do that, you will not be ready to face the giants there at our head. And I hope you'll get this today because before we go into any other messages, you've got to understand this. God has called you to fight this life a certain way. And it's in knowing who you are. Who are you? 1 Peter 2.9, you are, somebody say you are, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of Him who's called you out of darkness and into your marvelous light. If you want to live and walk and fight, it's got to be because of who you are. You see, sometimes we've made this into something that's never intended, and that's, we've made it all about us. We've made Christianity all about coming to get my fix, and coming to God to serve me, and God's going to fix me, and God's going to make me, and give me a destiny, and, and that boyfriend that broke up with me don't know what he's missing because it's all about my life, and my dream, and my destiny, and my right now moment, and my, 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 my. Let me just say something. It ain't about you. Is all about Him and what He wants to do through you because of what His Son has done to deliver you. And sometimes you've got to go through this wilderness process and recognize what they did. You have got to come out of Egypt by faith through the divine power of God and the blood of the Lamb alone. You've got to go down into a baptism of death with Christ, coming up again to new life. You've got to learn, listen, you've got to learn how to eat manna every day that comes from heaven. You've got to learn how to trust and survive on living water, not the natural junk of the world and their entertainment and their HBO and all this stuff, and their vacations, and their trips, and all that's great, but you've got to learn how to live on something different than the rest of the people on this planet. You've got to learn how to live on holy things, separate things, giving up profane things, and saying, God, I don't live the way they do. I don't fight the way they do. I don't have victory the way that they do. I'm walking through a wilderness of sin, and my God is going before me and behind me, and pharaohs can chase me all they want, but I have a God who still fights for me, and I didn't save myself to begin with, so I'm not keeping myself Save. So when I come into trials and giants and temptations and troubles and emptiness and famine and plague, I have a God who is there for me fighting every step of the way. And my journey is to trust Him, to not just be saved by faith, but to live by faith, walk by faith, fight by faith, because this whole thing is about Him. It's all about Him. It's all for Him, through Him, and to Him. I've got to learn how to rest in His work 
alone. I hope, I hope, I hope and pray you are understanding me today. I hope you have spiritual ears to hear. Because when he says, take a Sabbath, he's saying, rest, that it's my work that's going to get you all the way to heaven. It's his work that's going to fight every battle. It's his work alone. Now, all the thing he's calling me to do is saying, be set apart to me. Be set apart to me. Minister to me. If you minister to me, I will do everything in my power to get you to the promises I've paid for. They just had to rest in him. They just had to walk by faith. They just had to trust God. And the same is true for you today. Listen, as we close, how is your heart today? You see, they were ready for battle, it looked like, but they didn't have the heart for war. Maybe today you're struggling on giving up in this Christian life, or maybe you've given up and you're trying to get back in. Is God trying to teach you endurance? How are you trusting Him? How are you becoming, and who are you becoming in Him? Hebrews 10, you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. There's something God is calling us to figure out before we can get the victory. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. God, I believe, wants to do something very special in our church. He wants to do something great in your life. But God is teaching us something today. I believe God wants us to figure something out before you, if you get anything out of this whole message, is that you didn't save yourself and you can't keep yourself saved. It is all by faith. It is trusting Him every day. God, not by my works, not by my power. God, lead me by Your Spirit. Lead me by Your Spirit. Maybe you're struggling today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You're struggling today. You're in a fight. Man, that's on purpose. God wants you to be in a fight. He's testing you to trust in Him. He wants you to rely on Him. This is all part of His love relationship with you. He wants you to lean on Him more than you've ever leaned on Him. And you've been doubting God because you're in a fight, but maybe God has got a lesson in the long way. He's sparing you from the easy way. He's saying, I'm just calling you closer. Call, we've gotten mad at God. We've given up, given in. God, I can't believe this is happening. can't believe I'm going through this. Why is my body failing? Why is my emotions out of whack? Why is my family falling? God, oh, why, why, why? Stand fast and look. Your God is making a way. Move forward. I think that's a word for someone today. Move forward by the wind of the Holy Spirit. Your God fights for you. Your God fights for you. Man, your God is fighting.